0: Welcome into Devil's Talking, Padres. The Padres just wrapped up their first series without Manny Machado. And of course, like everyone expected them to do, they swept the Arizona Diamondbacks. No Fernando Tatis Jr., no Manny Machado. The two $300 million players didn't even touch the field. And the Padres won all three games. I mean, how about it, Bobby? Yeah, Dom, this was a really great series overall.
1: The first two games, the offense was still pretty cold, but Two But two wins, and it was a great way to start off the series. And then offensive explosion on Wednesday. And the pitching staff looked really good this series. And just a lot of these guys in this lineup have been picking it up over the past, even past week and a half, past two weeks, before Manny got hurt. So it's great to see them continue that aggression at the plates and
0: pick up what we're losing with Manny's injury. A lot of the bats are actually really good this series, which we, we talked about it in the last series in Colorado. They didn't score more than four runs in any of the games. They come home, they turn it around. And the Potter's offense has been a little bit better at home of late. For some reason, they were really bad at home to start the year. But uh, in the series against the Mets, scored five or more runs in every game, including seven and then 13. Against the Rockies, it was a little shaky. He scored nine in the first, then two in the next three. But a lot better results. And then four, two, but ultimately three, and then ten in the series against Arizona. And we'll see if that can continue against Philly. And that's now twice in which the Potters have been swept and have immediately responded with a series victory. The first time, a four-game series victory in Milwaukee. And then this time, a sweep of a division rival. And yeah, the Diamondbacks aren't a great team, but I mean, they're hovering right around 500. And they're a division rival. They know the Potters very well. So sweeping them, in my opinion, is very impressive, especially after the Padres just got swept.
1: Yeah, and always against a division rival, we see them. The Padres see them a lot more, obviously, due to playing a lot, 19 games a season. But sweeping this d Dbacks team, who, like you mentioned, is not very good. But Padres are 17 games over 500, and without, of course, Manny Machado for the next week, two weeks, we don't know yet, but to see this offense pick up, and the bullpen was really good, especially the series. We'll talk about more of that in a sec, but pitching staff, especially the bullpen, really picked it up.
0: Yeah, the bullpen was really, really good this series, and bullpen's had its ups and its downs. I think it's been a lot better than everyone has given it credit for. I mean, guys aren't going to come out of the bullpen and be perfect every time. I think people need to accept that, but had a really good series, and it's just impressive to sweep the division rival. You Darvish, uh, he deserves to be in Los Angeles as an all-star this year, whether or not he is because ERA is a little ballooned after that second start of the year in San Francisco. I get it. You know, it happens that at start counts. I'm not trying to say it doesn't, but you take that start out and he's been so good this year. Just as good as Joe Musgrove. I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. And Joe Musgrove is Cy Young favorite or second favorite with Sandy Alcantara. But, Uh, I, you Darvish has been really, really good. And after throwing a 30-plus pitch first inning and allowing a run, then when scoreless in the next six, he's had four straight starts of seven-plus innings. I mean, it's been really impressive what Darvish has done. And I know within the Padres community, he's getting the respect he deserves, but I don't think he's getting it nationally, which is fine. You know, respect can't be handed out to everyone who deserves it. That's just a matter of it. When you have Musgrove here, that's also going to happen because more of the respect is going to be towards him. But Darvish deserves all the respect in the world.
1: Yeah, and even with his balloon DRA that you mentioned, it's still sitting at 3.17. And of course, like you like you said again, that start does count. But if you take that out, his ERA has to be sub 2 or something. Because even with the balloon to 3.17 ERA, that's absolutely amazing. And he's been working so hard, like you said, Seven plus innings and four straight starts. He's just been really good for this team. Strikeout numbers weren't that high in the last game, but he's he's been having efficient out bats against the hitters. Only two walks in the last game in his seven innings, and after he bounced back from the first inning going six shutout after that, he looked really good, and really comfortable on the mound. And in game two, also, we'll talk about that in a sec as well. But after allowing runs early in the
0: game, the staff the pitching staff was able to totally shut them out. Yeah, game two. I mean. But I had a fine start, you know, by his standards. He's still been a good starter for the San Diego Padres. And, I mean, he's a middle of the rotation guy for the Padres and he'd be one of the better pitchers in any of the rotation. Six innings, two earned another quality start for this Padres rotation. He goes in there and he just pounds the strike zone. And he is a 3.87. I feel like he's pitched a little bit better than what that gives him credit for. But hands the ball off to the bullpen. And they go five scoreless. I mean, that's really all you yep. can ask for. And it was really just those two runs in the three inning, the third inning that that was it. And the Potters were able to beat Zach down. I don't think Potters fans realize how good of a pitcher Zach down. You're a below three struck out 11 in this game, but they did enough to get two runs across against him, send that game to extras. And then the bullpen was able to fight off the diamondbacks and, hold them scoreless with that runner on second base twice. You know, you, you want to see the Padres score in that 10th inning, just save an arm, not strand that runner on second with nobody out, but for the pitching staff to do it twice. And then how far to bring in Azokar, you know, you take a dub, however you can get it. And in the second
1: game, the Padres bats were pretty cold. Only got six hits in this game. I mean, the D backs got four, the pitching staff looked amazing like you said, five shot out, Chris, Matt Garcia, Rogers, Wilson, and Tim Hill all looked really good. The worst of those is probably Steven Wilson. He just really couldn't pitch a strike, but still struck out three guys. 50% of his pitches were balls, but the top of the Padres lineup, top six hitters combined to go over a lot. And I know Profar had three walks boy had two walks, but the top six guys in this lineup did not get any hits. is really just Hosmer, Alfaro, Abrams and Kim. And of course, like, like you said, the Alfaro walk-off was awesome kind of a play at the plate he ball was not hit very hard i don't know why as a car does not make that an absolutely no play because i feel like he should be a lot faster this is just another time this year where we've seen him score on a ball has was not hit that hard or far to the outfield and still kind of a play at the play but either way he's safe papa pod just
0: walked it off and that was an awesome win i know exactly what play you're talking about and yeah it's kind of mind-boggling i mean like does he just not take good turns around second? Does he not get like a good secondary lead? I don't he looks know. like a
1: fast guy. He's got a... He was fast. Yeah, he is fast, but not sure why Why he's just trudging out there.
0: I don't know. I'm going to look up his top sprint speed, but uh, you mentioned Hosmer. It was good to see Hosmer get that hit. I mean, because Hosmer has been really, really bad of late. His batting average is still high at 278, but... I mean his slugging has been so bad of late. To see him get that home run and it was on a really good pitch too, it was below the strike zone. Uh, that was a great swing. And if Hosmer doesn't go yard there, then the, the Padres lose. They get to save some arms, but they lose. And I mean you'd rather win the game and I don't want to say waste some arms, but have to use more arms. And Asoka is in the 94th percentile in sprint speed. So I don't know. I, I I really don't know why he is making those plays close because you're hundred percent, right. But you know, whatever he scored, that's all that matters. And then Alfaro, I'm going to say it, you know, whatever, let's fucking go San Diego. I know it's so sick that he said that obviously (laughs) goes against FCC violations, but that's Bally's problem. It's not the potter's problem.
1: And Alfaro, I mean, I know the Padres catchers have not been the best this year, but Alfaro has been winning over the hearts of a lot of Padres fans with, I mean, just his demeanor, his big teddy bear frame and his, his, of course, his two walk-offs, but he's been, he's been a fun guy in the dugout and he's winning those games at the plates. He's been hit. He's had a few home runs over the past week or two and he's really picking it up.
0: Yeah. Alfaro's not a teddy bear. He's a mean hitter in that box. And his OPS is up to eight twenty six as a catcher, and I mean, once again, legitimate case to be in Los Angeles this summer. Uh, Wilson Contreras is absolutely going to be the starting catcher for the National League, but Alfaro could be there with him. I mean, he hasn't played all the time, but an eight twenty six average is really, really good. Maybe William Contreras is also there too, his brother on the Braves. But uh, Alfaro's been really good, and then the third third game. Potter's really good. Clevenger wasn't able to go too deep in the ball game, but um, they turned the ball over to the bullpen. Nick Martinez in the game, they shoved. And the Potters got a nice commanding win. Able to sweep the Diamondbacks. And in this third game, I really liked
1: what I saw from Clevenger. Potters didn't need him to go deep in the game, really, because they were planning on having Nick Martinez piggyback off him at some point, but four innings, 81 pitches, only 50 strikes. He was going to work pretty hard. Walk two guys but did have three strikeouts in one run and four innings for Clunger. I'll take that every time. I mean, 3.52 era for Clunger as our really number 4A, 4B, maybe even five starter if you count Nick Martinez and him together. But I liked what I saw from Clunger in this game. He's missing the, stri- the strikes on a little bit, but four innings and one run, I'll take from him every time. Adrian Murray home c- coming in and in a third one run, not the best, not the best appearance from him, but he did look fine. And uh, I would just love to see him back out there on the mound. And then Nick Martinez, three and two thirds, did allow two runs, but had three strikeouts. He was hitting the strikes on a lot of 40 of his 53 pitches were strikes and Nick Martinez got his first career save, So that was cool to see from him. But the Padres backs in this game were just amazing. 16 hits, Profar had four in the first five innings. Everyone was hitting Car with three, Nola with two, Grisham with two.
0: And Profar. This is just phenomenal in this game. And this was a great game for the Padres. Yeah, and Profar had a chance at a five-hit game. But set by a pitch in his last at-bat certainly sucks. You know, what are you going to do? But another great day. Profar has been a beast in that leadoff spot. I mean, who would have thought, especially after last year. And, I mean, once again, common misconception. Profar is not fast. But great at-bats, works walks, gets on base. And has been hitting the ball, so it makes perfect sense to keep him in that leadoff spot. He's not the most traditional leadoff batter, more of the like recent wave leadoff batter of hey, you get on base, all right, let's put you at to the top. We don't care how fast you are, as long as we have someone on in front of our boppers, that's really all that matters. And I mean, Trent Grisham has been serving also in that leadoff spot or in that two spot when there's a lefty on the mound, but uh, certainly was nice to see that. Christian could have a good day, especially against a lucky starter. His OPS is starting to get up more towards league average. Like I said, he would get to uh, continuously on this podcast and also the East Coast Times podcast. And then Profar, I mean, it's just been really good. Like I said, Alfaro, OPS over 800. Boyd getting towards there as well. Kernerworth has been so good of late. Uh, didn't have a good day. Went over four, but happens it's baseball. It's a great job by the team to get a save. You got anything else you want to add? Yeah, just Azekar, I forgot to mention that, but
1: home run away from the cycle, and he had a shot. Did not get hit in, in his last at-bat. He was a home run away from the cycle. would have been the first home run of his career. So great game from Azekar and just overall from this
0: entire Padres team. Yeah, it would have been wild for Azekar to, to hit his first home run and have that be for the cycle because, I mean, that's it's a ball that he's obviously going to get it would be like a double whammy ball his cycle and a home run ball, his first home run ball. So that would have been really cool, but that's all we got for that series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And now the Philadelphia Phillies come to town. And when the Potters took on the Phillies in Philadelphia, they were well below 500. Manager Joe Girardi has been fired and it's now Rob Thompson serving as the interim head coach And I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing a great job. The Phillies and their talent are starting to win and win a lot of games. What started off as a bad division, the NL East has now got three teams above 500. This team keeps falling. And, of
1: course, they did have that nine-game winning streak at one point. They won five in a row just last week before losing their last three, two against the Rangers and then one against the Nats. But yeah, this team's been hot. They have a tough lineup and a lot of good pitchers. And last time the Padres played them just over a month ago, like you mentioned, Padres went two out of three, but all three of those games were shutouts. So this will be
0: another good series. It was a weird series where all three games had a shutout. Obviously the Padres won two of them shutting out the Phillies, but lineup has gotten better ever since that happened. And I mean, let's just look at the lineup first because I feel like that's the most important part. Bryce is playing like an MVP candidate. Uh, serving as a designated hitter after he tore his UCL in his right arm. So can't throw, but he's been a beast. Nick Castellanos has been a pretty solid bat for them uh, out of right field. Oduber Herrera has also been a solid bat. Schwarber's been really good. Reese Hoskins has been really good. Uh, Garrett Stubbs, they've been playing at catcher's been really good. They also have JT Riumuto, Alec Boehm, and Didi Gregorius, who all can be really, really good hitters. So be interesting to see who the Phillies mix and match up against, but this lineup is certainly a tough one to navigate because there's not really many holes in it.
1: And for this lineup, it's really, really bounced overall. They have three guys with double-digit home runs, Schwarber with 19, Harper with 15, Rich Hoskins with 13, and then Nick Castellanos with, with seven. But overall, it's a really good lineup, a lot of good power hitters, of course, there's JT Real Muto, who's been struggling a little bit this year, but he's still among one of the best catchers in the league. A lot of good contact hitters. Like you said, Gregorius, Gene Segura. Just a lot of these guys in the up are really good and can, and can give a lot of pitchers fits.
0: Yeah, and then the Potters pitching staff is going to be tasked with limiting those bats. Joe Musgrove returning from the COVID list will get the start on Thursday. Then Mackenzie Gore Friday, Blake Snell Saturday, and Darvish Sunday. Those are the four guys that you kind of want going out there against this Phillies lineup, those are the strikeout guys. They're going to make those bats swing and miss. And I mean, that's kind of where this lineup is prone to some weaknesses: is that they will swing and miss.
1: Yeah, and that's why i was so surprised that the last series was was three shutouts, two going in the Padres' favor. But you know, with Musgrove on the mound, of course, he's been signed on Canada this year, one of the best pitchers in the entire league, if not the best pitcher. But his last start, seven innings, two runs. Padres have won. Every- Every single one of his starts, except for one, Gore. Who his last two starts, he's looked just awful. Went against the Rockies twice, and one of those starts was that course. So his last two starts, he's he's looked really bad. And then every other start, not against the Rockies, he's been really good. But Snell coming off a pretty tough first performance at Coors Field, so not gonna worry about that too much. And then Udhava's his last start, seven innings, one run. Start before that, eight innings, one run. He's been. Super hot for the pot And I really want to see Gore bounce back against a team that's not the
0: Rockies. And I'd imagine it was intentional, but I obviously can't say the certainty is that Joe Musgrove, by being pushed back to Thursday when he was supposedly available on Wednesday, it allows him to start that first game against the Dodgers in the upcoming series. It's obviously not something Potters are going to worry about right now, but it's worth pointing out. And another thing that's worth pointing out is the fact that the Phillies, they're going to be throwing out four of their best guys, but Padres do get to avoid Zach Wheeler, which is, of course, very crucial. Wheeler, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Cy Young runner-up last year and he's got a 2.69 ERA this year through 70 innings. So, obviously, very crucial there. But Ranger Suarez going in Game 1. Aaron Nola, brother of Austin Nola, of course, going in Game 2. Zach Eflin in Game 3. And then, Kyle Gibson in game four. What can you tell us about those guys, Bobby?
1: I mean, of course, a lot of great guys in this rotation. Aaron Nola, is the last start, eight innings, shutout. He's been having a really weird year. A lot of games where he's just, not, especially beginning of the year, knocking a lot of runs support, but he, they lost eight games in a row that he started. They've won the last five that he started. So his month of June has been really good. 2.17 ERA, th- 34 strikeouts in 29 innings. He's totally been heating up. Zach Eiffel 4.43 ERA on the year. His last two starts, he hasn't looked that great. Two innings, four runs, six innings, four runs. So he's been pretty inconsistent this year. Ranger Suarez, 4.43 ERA. His last few starts, he's been looking solid in June. ERA 3.71. Kind of a little bit of inconsistency. Seven runs, seven innings, two runs, five and two-thirds, three runs, and then four and a third and two earned runs in his month of June. So pretty consistent there, but he's been looking solid for them this year. And then of course they have Zach Wheeler, one of the best pitchers in the, in the league. And then Kyle Gibson, he's been solid this year, 4.06 ERA. And he's one of the, I don't want to say worst guys in this rotation, but old guy, 34 years old. He's And he's still pitching solid f- this year for the Phillies, but tough month of June for him, 4.56 ERA. But he has a start of eight innings, one run, and six and a third with three runs in his last two starts.
0: And then, of course, after those four pitchers comes the Phillies bullpen, which it's very well documented that this bullpen loves to blow games, and it all starts with their closer, Corey Knebel, 3.62 ERA, but a 4.92 FIP in there uh, makes things seem a lot worse. Uh, two of their better relievers are Sir Anthony Dominguez, a hard-throwing righty, he's got a 1.73 ERA in 26 innings pitched, and then. Former friend, former Padres All-Star, Brad Hand, in 20 and a third innings. He's got a 2.2 ERA, uh, 3.27 FIP. So it's been a little worse than the numbers may say. But outside of that, it's a lot of arms that have been very up and down for the Phillies.
1: And for this bullpen, like you said, pretty inconsistent. They do have a lot of guys who have been really good. Like you said, Dominguez in hand. Connor Brogdon's been pretty good good this year, 2.04 ERA. And then Corey Knable's been okay. But he has been blowing a lot of saves, 11 saves. And he, he's five losses on the year, So a little bit of struggles from him. So this Podgers team, if they can get to get through to the starting pitches early and then get to the bullpen, Padres should be able to do well in the series.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that the Podgers can take three out of four, but I think a split is pretty reasonable to expect against the Red Hot Phillies. What do you about you?
1: Of course, if they lose the series, that'd be a disappointment. Two, two out of four would not be the worst thing ever, but that's, that's where I want the floor to be for this Padres team. And if they can win three or four, that'd be awesome.
0: There you have it. That's going to wrap up this episode of devil's talking Padres. We thank you all for tuning in. So always, make sure to find Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find Bobby at Bobby Murphy, 2000. You can find me at DMster19. You can see everything that I've been working on here in Florida. Let's see why I'm not tweeting as much about the Padres because games start at nine 40 here. Most of the time. And, I have to be at the fields 11 hours later uh, after first pitch doesn't line up for me to be able to watch many games, but do what I can. I read stuff so that I can come on and give you all my informed opinion. Uh, As always, make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast platform on Spotify. You can follow us and on Apple podcasts. You can subscribe to listen to our podcast whenever we release a new one after and before each series. And then this is an East Village Times podcast. Make sure to continue to check out our content at eastvillagetimes.com. You can follow us on Twitter at EBT underscore news to know whenever we post articles. I thank you all for tuning in. And hopefully the Padres can fare as well as they did in that three-game series and the four-game series against the much better Philadelphia Phillies. Take care. Go Padres.